All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman. We got Jeremy out in the desert. My father, Mike Golick Sr. And we are hoping for Charlotte Wilder here back for another Wilder Wednesday right now. Some technical difficulties, as I believe she is down in South Beach, hanging out with our friends in Miami. So we got a lot going on there and a lot to get to today. Uh, as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well as DraftKingsNetwork.com. Uh, plenty to get to uh, the last round, the last volley, we hope, in the Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton saga. U.S. Women's National Team, past and present, trading wars of words. And the collegiate gambling ring in the state of Iowa adds a wild new layer to all the proceedings there. So, uh, Dad, it is a weird smorgasbord of things going on in the world of sports here right now uh, that we get to sink our teeth into today. Yeah, we really do. Listen, I mean, we're, we're in a situation where we, we find that time where there's looking for stuff to talk about, but we got to NFL training camps and there's always a lot to talk about here. But man, so much more because of the World Cup and the women and the and the 
college football getting ready to play, but the Pac-12 playing around with some kind of TV uh, deal that uh, that I have an analogy for that only people my age will understand. I will tell you right now, you and Charlotte will have no idea what I am talking about when I give this analogy, but just just know that it makes me laugh that this is where the Pac-12 is or the Pac-9, I guess, is, and just just how this conference may be on its way out. I am excited to be alienated by this analogy along with two-thirds of our audience. It's going to be great. You're going to want to stick around for that. But, Dad, I feel like we got to start off with and finally put this baby to bed maybe with one of the weirder long-range metaphors I have heard in the Nathaniel Hackett response to what went on with Sean Payton uh, and everything there. For anyone that missed it, we obviously had the back and forth. Sean Payton popped off at the microphones about Nathaniel Hackett, about the Jets, about the job he did with Russell Wilson and found his way uh, back to the microphone to say he was sorry the other day. He had his Fox hat on, yada, yada, yada. We heard from um, the quarterback in New York and Aaron Rodgers, who obviously loves Nathaniel Hackett. But this was Hackett yesterday stepping to the podium to deliver this absolute beauty of a response. Take a listen. Before we get started, I I just want to say something real quick. Obviously, last week has been a uh, very unique week, I think, uh, for, for this organization. And um, you know, I, I've been involved in this business my whole life, 43 years. And uh, as a coach, you know, as a coach's kid, uh, you know, we live in a glass house. We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all got a key for it. And it's one of those things that there's a code, there's a way things are done in that house. And, you know, this past week, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it sucks, but uh, we're all susceptible to it. There are things that you do, mistakes you make. And it costs you time on the field, costs you your job, all those things. And I own all that stuff. I mean, it's that fact. I got no excuses. That's how we live here at the New York Jets. That's how we've lived everywhere I've been. No excuses. So I own all those things. And um, it's, it's unfortunate that that had to happen, uh, that the comments that were made. But, hey, they did. I, I'll tell you, I was probably more surprised that they happened now. was definitely expecting them in week five. So I, I'm, I'm almost thankful uh, that we got that, you know, out of the way. We all understand where, where, where uh, certain people feel and think. It makes you understand uh, that you do this for a very specific reason, for the love of the game, for the love of teaching, for the love of watching people grow. And uh, there's ups and downs. Never get too high, never get too low. And, uh, you know, got to love this stuff. At Charlotte Wilder, whose voice I heard creeping into the background now, who I think is with us, Charlotte, uh, did you see the Nathaniel Hackett response yesterday? And what did you think of the long metaphor about coaches all living inside a glass house, all having their separate rooms, all having their keys that unlock the glass doors that get them into the glass house? I mean, I think that, first of all, hi, guys. Look at us. What would have thought? You know, I think that when it comes to coaches and metaphors, there's nothing I like more in a press conference than a really, really involved one that they're hoping confuses you so much that you're not actually focused on what they're saying or on their team or on perhaps the drama they are trying to talk around instead of addressing directly. So I personally love this. This is like my Real Housewives, um, although I also do have started watching Real Housewives of New York, but you know, (laughs) to each his own. So short answer, Mike, I absolutely loved it. I wish we got more of this. So I I would say with this, he's actually right in the fact that about a code, 
about glass houses because all these coaches throw stones. They just do it behind the scenes. Players do as well. Mike, you've been in locker rooms. You know, players talk about other players. Players talk about coaches. Coaches talk about coaches. This all goes on. Remember, Nathaniel Hackett, for those that don't know, remember, he comes from a coaching family. Paul Hackett coached in the NFL. His dad for a long time, his, his dad coached at the likes of San Francisco, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. During my time in the NFL, I knew his, uh, know his, uh, you know, was familiar, certainly played against uh, his father and his team. So this this kid has been around coaching all his life. So what he's saying is is true. And I'll still go back to what I said earlier. You, you just don't say this publicly, what Sean Payton did. Sean was wrong. And it seems what's making Sean not now, if I heard everything correctly, you guys have, may have to help me on this. There's one thing, again, to do what Sean did, and, and I disagree with it. Others disagree with it. And, but now that I'm in this business, hey, it's great to talk about. It's great for our content. Uh, which is our life now about what content is. But as a, I think about everything always as a former player and, and I can't stand this kind of thing. But if, and I'm trying to remember or go back and listen, did Sean Payton say he called Nathaniel Hackett and apologized to him because he did not do that? And if he said he did that, because Nathaniel Hackett, of course, was asked about that. Did Sean Payton call you and apologize? And Hackett said, no, and he's certainly not expecting a phone call. Uh, that, If that, in fact, was the way it went, then, then it makes Sean Payton look even worse. It's one thing to say, I had my Fox hat on 40 minutes after the, the interview. I regretted it. But if you actually said, you know, I called him and apologized, but you never did, man, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a bad look upon you as well. I like the idea that now Sean Payton is just going to wait and he's going to call Nathaniel Hackett at two in the morning the night before their matchup week five and just hang up immediately on his hotel room phone. <laughs> because one thing that got established in all of this, men are too emotional to be football coaches because Sean Payton you couldn't help it. but let that you all out. Listen. Like I mean, Charlotte, it's right out there in the open because the thing that stuck out about Nathaniel Hackett talking, obviously, Sean Payton felt like getting some stuff off his chest, even in his apology, not apology. He never actually said what I said was wrong. And so Nathaniel Hackett got up there and really seemed to want to get out there and I've got a remote control in my background around here. Around Michigan control is going nuts over here. But yeah, um, what, um, what you... Yeah, Brandon. Are you landing on the moon, Mike? <laughs> Brandon's yeah. on speed. Hold on. We're going to take everyone behind the curtain right now because we've had wild technical difficulties going on this morning. And Brandon, <gasps> by no fault of his own, had to be on speakerphone with our producer, Jeremy, who's out in Las Vegas. And so now in the middle of this, we have heard Brandon talking to Jeremy on speakerphone during the show here. Brandon, are you okay over there? I know you're spinning a lot of plates right now. I want to make sure you're all right. This will be Jeremy's debut too via speakerphone. How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, we're not okay as a show. We are going to get through this together, though. Thanks for uh, chiming in. Uh, I would love for you guys to just focus on the content, and uh, <laughs> I'll take care of the back end. Sorry <laughs> about right, my thank interruption. Thank you so much. 
No, that's fine. We just wanted to make sure that Jeremy felt his voice was heard on air here. We, no matter if it sounds like he's talking on a walkie-talkie or not, these are important <laughs> things. But no, listen, Nate Hackett wanted to make sure in his response that he knew that Sean Payton knew that he was wrong. And that was why the glass houses think up. Because listen, the playbook for this, I always say I could do the media segment on giving advice in responses to certain situations like this. I could be the consulting firm that coaches and teams use because the easy response to this is, yeah, you know what? I heard what Sean Payton said. I respect him and his resume and what he's done for this league. I own what happened in Denver. We weren't as successful as I or the team wanted to be, and that's why I'm here. But, man, I am excited about the prospect of coaching this New York Jets team. We're fired up for the 2023 season, and we can't wait for week five where we get to see these guys on the field and not worry about any of this. Cut and print that is what you would do if you're trying to get out of the situation with minimal collateral damage but he wasn't he was trying to let sean payton know that he knew that he should feel bad about this because we live in the glass house the coaches live in i was a little surprised i'm not gonna lie because on the show the other day i even said i i said i i think he's gonna take the high road because robert sala stuck up for him Aaron Rodgers stuck up for him and stuck up for him again so i thought he would take the high road on this but yeah he he did want to let everybody know that he broke the code, you know, and and, and people always kind of scoff at, at a code, but there are, there are on code, there are unwritten rules. They're, they're everywhere. It's not just in the sports world. You know, they're everywhere. They're, they're in this business as well. I was just surprised, Charlotte, that he, he kind of brought that out. I was fully expecting him to take the high road. And while I know, again, us for content, like the fact that he kind of went down the road, we didn't think he'd go down. Uh, I, I was still surprised being a coach's son that he didn't just take the high road here. When we come back, my thoughts on this issue? Are we? Do we have a, a break here? Am I making that up? <laughs> I, I, I think you kind of are. I, again, I had two minutes in my ear at one point, guys. I'm just... <laughs> Y'all are going to bear with us today. While wow. we battle our way through this right now, the same way that they did there. It is funny. Everything we talk about today, I feel like we should have to put a coin in a jar for all this discussion because Nathaniel Hackett and Sean Payton drama, while compelling, isn't actually football. The stuff that we are going to get to with the Pac-12 and their ridiculous streaming deal that was offered to them what feels like months ago that now George Klyovkov and the conference are trying to act like is new is distinctly not football. And I feel like we're going to have to start putting coins in the jar of you have have to say one nice thing about the upcoming football season that's actually going to happen on the field before we continue to just barf sports business and insane drama down people's throats because man it seems like it has just been all we have been given by this even what we're going to talk about the Carly Lloyd stuff with the U.S. Women's National Team. Like, nowhere in her response was there analysis of what's actually gone wrong for that team. Nowhere in her analysis was what actually needs to change for them to be better. It was, oh, man, she's clearly ticked off about some stuff that feels deeply personal, either with members of that team, with stuff that she actually knows about that team, or what have you. So it's we're at peak soap opera season in the world of sports, which – Feels like it ran over a little bit, but we'll try and get to it the way we know next here. Maybe we have a break. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. 
That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it, and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. All right, we'll stop talking about the uh, Carly Lloyd beef and we'll be about it. First off, Charlotte, for you, we haven't talked to you uh, much since the World Cup has been going for the women. How have you taken this in? Because I found myself maybe not reacting as strong as Carly Lloyd has to what's gone on, the U.S. women moving out of the group stage, but doing it in second in their group, only winning once during group play, which they hadn't done in quite a while here. I found myself struggling existentially because as a sports fan, I'm a Notre Dame football fan, which means I haven't won a national title in my lifetime, and I've had to deal with a lot of ups and downs and losses in big games. I have not been able to gloat proudly about that team as often as I'd like, but with the U.S. Women's National Team, I get to talk reckless nonsense because they've always been so good that I just feel like they're going to win everything. How has this experience been for you so far, Charlotte? Uh, you know, as a Patriot, Red Sox, and one title Celtics fan in my life, yeah, it's been, it's, <laughs> and, and the women's national team was my first sports love. Like, I think I've talked about this before, how in 1999, Brandy Chastain rips off her shirt, and I was like, this is the most metal thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and it's one of my, like, most profound memories. So to have been spoiled by, you know, two more wins since then has been absolutely insane. And I think it's actually tempered a little bit. Um, I, I think it's made for me, I'm less upset about, it's like we had dominance for so long and, and they still moved on. And this is clearly a team that looks a little bit disjointed at times, that seems to have a little bit of trouble figuring out exactly where they're supposed to be. They got run around big time by the Dutch, um, but they but they got out of the they they made it to the round of sixteen, right? So I think that on some level, I don't question how much they want it. I think it's just a question of making sure everything gels together. Um, and I think that we've had it so good that that expecting this very young team to live up to those insane standards right off the bat, like maybe they're going to get there on their own over the course of this tournament. I think it's way too early to say like there's not passion there or or they're not trying. So I, you know, 
a lot of people will, will want to put their actions after that game as a reason they're not playing like the two-time defending champs that we know. And we know this team has a lot of newcomers, right? So they have to kind of play together and get to know one another. I am not one, you know, the Carly Lloyd talking about the signing autographs and smiling and dancing a little bit after, that stuff grates me. I'm not going to lie. No, no, not what they did, but that they're, that Carly Lloyd comments against it. So when, I, when I'm playing ball and we lose a game, I'm still running across that field. And remember, they didn't lose. They, they're still advanced. They're not playing like we normally are used to seeing. But I'll run across the field and I'll talk to the guy I played against the most or if there's somebody I know, I'll talk to him. And there might be some smiling involved if we're talking about families or whatever. And to sit there and somebody tell me, some talking head the next day, tell me that I didn't give a damn about losing because I went over and did that, I'd like to crack them for that because that's the furthest thing from the truth. You can be angry at your loss or tie or how you're playing, but right after the game, if you want to sign some autographs or talk to the people on the other team, to me, that's fine. To me, that is not indicative that you don't give a damn about what's going on. So after this game, it was a draw. They didn't play well. The ball hitting the post almost beat them. But you know what doesn't count in soccer is almost. We get it. They're not playing as well as we've seen in the past. But th there's, there's fans there they're signing autographs for. They're smiling. They're dancing a little bit. They are moving on. So to sit there and say that that affects their play, that they care less or whatever, I think is a bunch of garbage. I really do. Now, is this team as good as the last two teams that won the World Cup? We'll have to wait and see. They're not playing like it right now. And I know there, there, there are those, Mike, that are going to put the way they acted after that game as part of the reason that they're not as good. I, I completely, completely disagree with that premise. Yeah, I was going to say, if Carly Lloyd's going to go down that road, it needs to be because she actually knows something that's going on behind the scenes. Because a lot of people are going to look at Maybe this is personal between him, her and Megan Rapino, and what went on with those two as teammates and some of the disagreements there. But unless she knows, hey, there really has been a lack of attention to detail inside that locker room, and she's upset because of what she perceives the standard of women's soccer to be, one right. that she no doubt helped set and has earned a place in the history of and all of those things. All of those are absolutely true, but Dad, I'm 100% with you. I had a buddy of mine who played with Phillip Rivers in the Chargers, and one of the best lines I ever heard him talking about after a loss was Phillip Rivers getting in a huddle and saying, hey, listen, you don't got to show me how mad you are right now after this, and that's not going to help us actually get better. That's not going to make a difference in our bottom line as a team, you huffing and puffing or being quiet and acting mad about what's going on in the circumstances here. What's going to change that is – the way we work when we get back to training, the way we work when we get back to practice, and how we approach that next match. So I I'm with you. And this is always something, Charlotte, for me as an American sports fan, I do have to remind myself, like Dad said, they didn't lose here. A draw can be a perfectly acceptable outcome in this. We dealt with that jokingly throughout Ted Lasso for a lot of American fans. And in this case, you still get to keep going. You're still playing. You got another match against Sweden coming up here. And so this is confusing Carly Lloyd came out and addressed her comments but again much like we saw with Sean Payton really didn't walk anything back that we said so here we're going to sit with this now being yet another thing hanging over the heads of a young team heading into a winner go home match 
Yeah, it's also total garbage to make this about yourself. Like, sorry, you stop, you're not playing anymore, Carly. Like, if you're using this as, and this is speculation on my part, but saying incendiary things like that, that you know are going to rile people up, that unless you're willing to back up with evidence, if you want to throw your team under the bus, your former team under the bus, if you think you know something, but it all seems a little coded too, because, you know, there was a lot of issues that she seemed to have with some of the activism that that people were um it, it 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 didn't sit right with me from an honest sports analysis perspective and so i just think that everybody needs to take a step back and think like what is the value that i'm delivering to the viewer here and um the team still made it to the next round so like let's see what happens and, and listen, if you're going to be critical, be critical of what's going on on the field. Like, And, and right. I want to be fair to Carly. This could have been in a segment that was unrelated to the one that we saw where she was clearly reacting to what was going on in front of her on screen. It was her first time, yada, yada, yada. But I would love to hear plenty of the analysis from a former star of this team of what they can actually do better so I don't wake up like I did this morning after dreaming we lost to Sweden. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, so guys, we are uh, getting closer and closer to college football season here. And it's a good time to remind you, uh, we're still not exactly sure where everyone's going to be watching the Pac-12 in the future. And after yesterday, that only became more daunting as we saw reports that after months of negotiation, George Klyevkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, presented Tuesday the conference's president and chancellors with a potential primarily subscription-based Apple streaming deal for their TV contract that expires after this year according to multiple sources. Now, it's somewhat confusing about what revenue they would draw, especially early on, because it would be subscription-based, and they don't know how many that they would be able to push out. The exposure is something that's a big question for all these teams involved. And, Deb, we know that this was a big hang-up for Colorado. It was one of the last draws on why they decided to depart. Arizona's Board of Regents, which controls Arizona, Arizona State, and Northern Arizona, which, fun fact, is why both of those schools have to play Northern Arizona every year, met yesterday with no uh, actionable items coming off that meeting right now, but they're two of the teams that people are having tied to the Big 12 right now. It's all a bit of a mess, and Dad, for this Pac-12 streaming idea that was floated a while back, we talked about on this show, is not new, now being presented as maybe the idea everyone's got to be looking around wondering, going, all right, you kept saying that the longer we waited, the better leverage we would get. And this doesn't certainly feel like that right now as you stare at an idea we all knew about a couple months ago. 
So, you know, it's what we, we all know things are going streaming, right? We, we, we get it. And it's and when you see these TV deals, like when the Big Ten or whatever, when they just signed their TV deal, they're getting that money. It's not based on viewerships or subscriptions. They're getting the money. When Amazon did their deal for Thursday Night Football in the NFL, nowhere I believe does it say, well, it's all based on the subscriptions. You know, the NFL can sell of Amazon to see how much money they're going to get. No, they're going to get a lot of money, a hell of a lot of money. So we're that's what we're used to is just getting that money. Here, I, this blows my mind that and the pack let, let, let me just say the pack 12 is done uh, the where are they the pack 9 now i mean they're they're done as being a power 5 they are going to people are going to ditch and they should ditch if they're worried about the money for the rest of the, for their schools and their athletic departments cuz this conference is going nowhere it's a shame i i hate seeing that but it is a shame to now say when all when the other power conferences have their tv deals and are making money. We know the Big Ten and the SEC, each team's going to get over $50 million. We know the Big 12, each team's going to get just under $32 million a team. And this is going to be subscription-based in the Pac-12. I'm going to tell you what it reminds me of. This reminds me of me. I'm 60 years old. So it reminds me of me in grade school. So obviously, Mike, you, Charlotte, and all the people listening your age group weren't even around then, obviously. So what we had to do in grade school is there was a subscription drive in, in, our, in the school where you actually knocked door to door and you gave people a, hey, do you want to buy a subscription to Sports Illustrated, to Field and Stream, to whatever. To, there were five or six different magazines that you could buy a subscription to. And I mean, it was tedious. They had to fill out a whole sheet, name, address, all their info. They had to write a check to us right there on the spot. It was tedious. But, you know, and then it was you got prizes based on the number of subscriptions you had to sell. We're talking about a Power Five conference basing some of their money on subscriptions. I'm waiting for the Bo Nix video that's going to go out to all the Oregon alumni out there. Hey, this is Bo Nix, quarterback of your Oregon Ducks. Please subscribe to the Amazon or Apple or whatever the hell streaming service that wants to show our games so we can get more money. I mean, this is what, I, seriously, that's what I envision, is the top players for each team doing some video for their alumni to make them subscribe to the Apple streaming service so the, the, the Pac-12 can get more money. This is crazy that this is the best they could come up with. This 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 conference is done. I don't know any other way to say it, Charlotte. Yes. I look. I I first of all, I think that we did have subscription drives. I think we were like I was just, just going to say Charlotte, are you as ticked off as I am that dad tried to insinuate that we didn't have the magazine drive when we were in oh, middle school? Cuz buddy, let me tell you, that was a sport Charlotte. I don't know if that was as competitive for you, but there were some serious prizes on the line for that thing. I went hard in the magazine drive in 7th and 8th grade. 
Yeah, there was also the wallpaper drive. I mean, sorry, the gift wrapping Wait. drive. Do you, wallpaper would be hilarious. Oh, I like was like, wrap, wallpaper like, drive? You, no, no, no. You would, <laughs> you would go try to sell, like, wrapping paper around the holidays. And I knew that I didn't care enough to have the drive that it took, so I didn't even put myself in the running. I was like, I'm not even going to try this. <laughs> Which sort of sounds a little bit like what the Pac-12 is uh might be resigned to doing. Um, I think that, you know, it's complicated a little bit because I do think that streaming is going to be the direction in which so many things go. Um, but I think that when your conference, like if the SEC went to streaming, it would be like, cool, great, we're going to print money. Um, but yeah. if your conference is already floundering the way that the Pac-12 is, then it becomes, it, it starts to feel a little bit desperate. And I also think there's an element of this that, like, uh, there there should be at least I would hope there would be on on Apple side and on the streaming side a desire to you know make deals with bars, make deals with public places, so that your the whole thing about college football that I love so much is like on a Saturday, if you're in the airport, you go like all the games, you can find every game anywhere. You know, there's an, a ubiquity to it that becomes very comforting, and you really don't want to be taken out of that rotation as small of a thing as that sounds. So if they can make bigger deals with businesses, maybe that's a way that the subscription thing starts to um, make more sense monetarily. But um, I think it's the, the, the PAC 12 is sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place at this point. Yeah. And Charlotte, you bring up what I think is the biggest point in all of this. This isn't a, it's a problem of exposure. Right? You go yes. all the way back to Larry Scott, who's really responsible for all of this, like handed George Klyavkov a really unenviable situation that he is certainly not added to positively himself. But this is the problem the Pac-12 has been dealing with for a while. And when you lose your most valuable property in USC, and that's the thing that you're up against here, they've been battling this exposure thing for a while, though. Remember, it was them having to war against this idea of Pac-12 after dark that all of us college football sickos love, but doesn't really get yeah. you involved in that conversation all day Saturday. It's why we were talking about 9 a.m. local kicks for so long was so that you could get yourself talked about on the Saturday slate of college football shows. Your highlights would get shown all day. People would get exposed to what was going on in that in bars like you mentioned, Charlotte, because there were always those of us that would be willing to go and stand up till 1030 at night and watch the Pac-12 after dark. There's going to be plenty of people, myself included, who would happily pay this money to have the Pac-12 all in one place on one streaming service. You don't have to go around. My biggest beef with streaming is at times you got to bounce between each one. you got to figure out who's affiliated with what. You can get an entire conference on one service. And for those of us who work in the industry, who just are predicated to watching this in general, that wouldn't be a huge ask. But again, you're trying to get maximum eyeballs. That's where college football has arrived as a national brand now, is these conferences all looking for ways to get the maximum amount of eyeballs at all times on their product. And for the Pac-12 now, Charlotte, to your point, without the draw of some of these marquee teams and potentially without the exposure in some of the normal places we're used to seeing the sport, this becomes something that I don't think is going to be a positive in the W column for a team doing the pros and cons of should I stay or should I go, Dad? Well, listen, uh, first off, I apologize if you guys went through subscriptions when you were, and, and you know, and I should know that since I was basically in the house when you guys were in grade school, but again, that was something I'm sure your, your mother- Yeah, you were over either, at my house for dinner every night, Mike, and look at how you remember it. I, See, I'm sorry I say it didn't that. even I, register. 
I do apologize. All that I all I know is if we had that, that means we probably bought a whole lot of subscriptions. We probably had a lot of magazines laying around. But I swear, I thought we were the ones. That, I thought that ended a while ago. But uh, my my fault. Um, listen, if I, I think this just shows how bad it is when this is where you are, where it's subscription based, and that and in an era where media money and broadcast money is really flying out. We keep talking about how it's going to back off. Well, it hasn't. The NFL keeps getting more and more money. The NBA is a hell of a, a broadcasting deal. And we just saw college football for the Big Ten, what they're going to do. You know, the SECs is going to be monstrous. And, and who's going to be, where is the ACC and the Big 12 going to fall into that? So to sit there and go on a subscription base where Klavkov had said July 21st, there's an underlying shift in the media market that's happening, and we're long-term taking advantage of it. Really? I mean, there has been a whole lot of just kind of talk. It seemed to kind of put everything off for a while while they were trying to get some kind of a deal. And if this is the deal that they end up with, where all of a sudden you're the one conference that is basing your money on subscription, where you have to actually go work. You have to go work to make more money. Where some people might find that refreshing, it just hasn't happened in sports and broadcasting deals. You sign a deal, and that money is basically it's going to be yours. Where in the Pac-12, it's going to be based on the subscriptions you sell. And now the trying to hang on to Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, because those are the next ones that have the target on them of, of, of dumping out of what the, now is the Pac-9 and could soon be the Pac-6 you know, of what they're going to do. And then we know they're going to pull, obviously, other schools in and there's going to be a rearrangement, but they're not going to pull in teams with the power of the teams that are going out. So this is a conference that's in a lot of trouble. Uh, again, we keep talking about realignment. There's the two mega conferences now. Who's going to be third, Big 12 or ACC? How is it all going to play out? But the bottom line is that's still going to be down the road for a bit on how it's going to play out. What's not down the road is the money the SEC is getting, the money the Big Ten is getting, the money the Big 12 is getting, and the money the Pac-12 is not able to get for their constituents. So they're going to take a long, hard look at, am I loyal? Am I staying in this conference thinking it's going to be better? Or are we jumping ship to do what's right for our school? Because the lifeblood pretty much anywhere is the money you're going to bring in. And if another conference can offer us more money to help our school, then that's something we have to do. Yeah. Can I just say uh, one thing? Can, yeah. I can I just say one thing? What happened to America when we've got the Pac-12 to the Pac-9, what about the Pac-Man? Am I right? Where is this? Where? <laughs> Take it away. Oh, Mike. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, we have forgotten about the Pac-Man in this world. Oh, Just I put some respect on his name. You know what? Wow. We are going to make sure that there is justice for the Pac-Man. Um, but uh, speaking of someone gobbling up and money in college football, let's talk about this Iowa State gambling ring. Oh, Good God almighty. God. I was not ready for this to be the plot twist. Again, we are in training camp right now in college football, and the Iowa State Cyclones are now facing the prospect of heading into this season without their starting quarterback from last year in Hunter Deckers. If anyone missed it, Iowa State's quarterback has been accused of betting on events involving the Cyclones, including a 2021 football game where he was not the starter but was dressed. 
and is among four current or former athletes at the university that's charged with tampering with records related to an ongoing probe by the Iowa Criminal Division. Guys, there is stuff in here about how Hunter Decker's parents helped him set up accounts that wouldn't be traced directly back to him so that he could place bets that really amounted to about handfuls of dollars. It was 366 bets totaling $2,799. Dad, I know you love the mental math, so I'll let you hit the people with that. But the bottom line with all of this is we've now got just more concrete information about something we knew had gone on amongst Iowa, Iowa State, and these programs that had been hinted at a while ago, having student-athletes involved in gambling in a way that was going to get them in trouble. But, Dad, we've not got, now got very specific allegations that could end with Hunter Decker's losing all of his eligibility and no longer being able to play football anymore, period. This this stuff blows my mind of the amount of money we're talking about. Now, if we are sitting here and talking about a scandal where a player was trying to make an ungodly amount of money, you know, it still obviously doesn't make it right. But you could see we always talk about, man, are players going to get tempted? Could players get tempted by gamblers when it was illegal yep. gambling? Now it's legal gambling, though it was illegal for Decker because he wasn't 21. Um, about the money that could be made and the trouble that they could get in if they have to owe people money. Listen to the money involved here. So for Decker, and and again, the wild part of this is parents helping him get a, get a false, you know, name. Which, to, which to, to be fair to him, is what I always said the workaround should be, is if you really were someone that wanted to gamble, this is back in the Calvin Ridley days, you should just have a relative that happens to get really good at gambling with some of the inside information. Spoiler alert. They can find all that out. They will get you, so don't do that. That was bad advice. Dad, you can keep going. So, Becker, 366 bets at, say, $2,800. That's $7.60 a bet. That's what he's doing. You got Dodd Saucer, a former player, football player. He had, I believe it was 113 bets for $3,075. Comes out to $27 a bet. Then Uazurike, the, the former Iowa State player, who's the D-lineman for the Broncos, who, by the way, got suspended by the NFL because he continued to gamble going into the NFL. He, he did this at you know, Iowa State, 801 bets for $21,300, which comes out to $26 a bet. So Man, that's that what is. these guys were averaging per bet. They were betting a lot, but that was the average per bet that they were doing. So listen, when gambling wasn't legal, we know players were gambling. Gambling is now legal and they're trying to gamble legally, but it's against the rules if you play a sport to gamble. And whether people agree with that or not, especially at the pro level, that, that's a discussion we can have. But right now it's against the rules, Charlotte. So as much as you may disagree with it, you can't do it. But these guys in college, I, I just don't understand the thought process. To me, it's it's so it's not funny because there's real consequences here, but I do think it's sort of incredible that these guys just wanted to be like their buddies who were like making sports a little more interesting to put like seven bucks on a thing and see if it hits. And then the total comes to under three thousand dollars and you're risking your whole career on this. And and maybe that's why they thought maybe this wouldn't be a huge deal because they're like, oh, well, we're clearly just doing it to have fun. We're not risking tons of money. We're not 
putting all of this on the line. We haven't gotten into debt to the point where we'll do something to throw a game to make it back up to the bookie. Um, but it's so it's so small and simple that it's like the treating it like a video game that I'm like, this is it almost makes it um more unbelievable and and like and so evidence of how young these guys are really to me I, I i guess that's the thing i need to remind myself charlotte because to me it seems really intuitive hey you especially amongst everything we can debate about the rule the ncaa's rule that you can't bet on any sport college or pro that the ncaa sponsors a championship in. that's their rule right now and this is the fallout from that they're dealing with I can debate how I think that's dumb that a college player couldn't bet on a professional sport or any of those things. But at the base level, I thought it just makes overwhelming amount of sense. Like, oh yeah, betting on your team and betting on your sport while you're playing it is probably not going to be something that ends well and that you should avoid. I am neglecting to remember that at one point I was in college and didn't take my trash out for three weeks to the curb eight <laughs> feet away because I was dumb and lazy and I didn't think about it. Like there are just things that need to be spelled out more explicitly. And that's where, again, I go back to, I hope that all these schools are spelling this out explicitly to everyone. And now there's really no excuse because before maybe you could get off by saying, dad, you hadn't seen consequences. Now, if you're a player, it has been drawn very clear in the stands. Hunter Deckers could potentially lose out on all his eligibility. You are really going to potentially risk that if you're a college player for the few dollars that you make here. You're not a part of some elaborate gambling heist for a few dollars to have fun in no way seems worth it to me. And trust me, this is coming from a guy who once turned down the chance to smoke weed with Snoop Dogg in college because he was so afraid of an actual random drug test. So you got to do the cost benefit analysis in your head and no part of this is worth it. Yeah, I know that's one of the great regrets in your life, and I completely oh, understand that. Um, but but I will say, so so we we do understand we're all dumb in college, even though we can be considered almost adults, but you still do dumb things. What I'm having a hard time with is Hunter Decker going to his parents and saying, you know what, I'm not old enough to gamble on this site. Could you guys help me, you know, give a fake name or a disguise out there so I can gamble? Wouldn't the question come up? Son, is this legal? And if he said, oh, yeah, sure. And the parents just went, okay, cool. I mean, a parents got to look in the mirror on this one as well. Yep, going to be a little bit of thumb pulling going on in the household there as we await <laughs> to see whatever happens with this situation. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. 
All right, friends, time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off under your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Also, download, subscribe, rate, review. Oddball, Charlotte Wilder, Amin El Hassan, doing a great job covering all things basketball. And... Make sure you get yourself right for the summer, guys. We're heading into August now. Taylor Swift fans, stand up and protect yourself from the sun here. Knockaround, the go-to for high-quality polarized sunglasses, are going to make sure you look good without having to break the bank. We've still got the U.S. Women's National Team going along, so you can get your official U.S. Women's National Team sunglasses, little red, white, and blue, add some spice to your game day outfit. You can also celebrate whatever your team did at the MLB trade deadline with the first nine teams of their MLB collection, teams like the Yankees, the Padres, the Astros, all great ones that you can get a hold of. So don't get caught squinting in the sun, trying to get sand out of your overpriced sunglasses. Head to knockaround.com today and get the best-looking polarized shades starting at just $28. Uh, Dad, Charlotte, let's get to this and start off with a little bit of the trade deadline, reminding us that being a Mets fan is always a mistake. For anyone that missed it, the Mets were sellers at the deadline, giving away a bulk of great players on their team. Six names, including pitchers Max Scherzer, who went to the Texas Rangers, and Max Scherzer, excuse me, Justin Verlander, who made his way from the Mets back to the Houston Astros, where he helped win a championship a year ago, where the Mets will pay the bulk of his salary, $35 million over the next couple of years, covering the remaining 57 and a half due on his contract. But if that wasn't bad enough, Dad, yesterday as the Mets send him back here, the Astros have Framber Valdez no-hit the Cleveland Guardians in a game that day, while the Mets lose in balk-off fashion. They lose on a game-losing balk to the Kansas City Royals to cement the fact that existence is paying for that franchise and that Mr. and Mrs. Met are probably heading for a hasty divorce here if this keeps up. By the way, that's the third time they've lost on a balk. The third time going back to, what was it, 1989 and then 2000. 11. So it's not like it hasn't been done before by them. And this was a team not long ago that had the, what, the record high payroll of $365 million to find themselves 17 and a half games out of first place. So now they're selling off the parts, the biggest ones, the two pitchers you mentioned, the David Robertson, the closer who went to Miami, and the money they still have to pay. What an absolute embarrassment. And oh, by the way, the other team in New York, the Yankees, are sitting in last place in their division. We'll we'll talk, we'll break down a little more baseball tomorrow, but just the sheer numbers of this right before the trade deadline were ridiculous. I mean, it's just wild, too, because you have Steve Cohen who comes in, you know, a money guy who's like, we're going to spend whatever it takes. And he said this earlier this season, if I am not incorrect. Uh, so to to then just immediately sell everybody off and, and still have them on your payroll, it's sort of like it reminds me of, you know, VCs who are like, we're going to change the media industry. And then ah, it's harder than I thought. And then, you know, they don't. So maybe there's a theme here. <laughs> Yeah, Steve Twitterfingers Cohen finding out that life and doing this is actually a lot harder. And I get it. Fans always want to see someone that's willing to spend. But to see right, the pivot, right. and Max Scherzer was pretty candid talking in his intro press conference with the Texas Rangers about how, yeah, they kind of told me that, you know, we were supposed to contend this year and then next year would be a transition. And now next year is going to be a transition and they're going to try and compete in 25, 26. It's all stuff that can't make you feel very warm and fuzzy if you're the Mets and you thought that existence as being a fan of the Mets 
might finally be different than being a fan of the Mets. But instead, you're just going to foot about $35 million worth of salary for guys that are going to pitch for actual contenders for the rest of this season. Um, Speaking of contenders, guys, let's get to that. An interesting proposition yesterday was made to uh, Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel at a press conference after one of their practices in training camp. A media member doing God's work tried to ask him how many five-year-olds he thought it would take to bring down star running back Derrick Henry. Vrabel went on to make the parameters that it would be in a 10-yard square that he would have to get past all of these five-year-olds. Dad, he set the over-under at 35 five-year-olds. I, for one, do not believe, knowing the five-year-olds that I do, that they are coordinated enough, tough enough, or have the ability to work together enough to actually make that happen, the parameters. I think you're going to need at least 55-year-olds to bring this guy down. Can I just say, I I don't mind media members going kind of, you know, outside the box a little bit because instead of the same old X's and O's questions or same old, same old questions, this was a stupid question. This was really just a stupid, stupid question. You know how many five-year-olds? Uh, how many five-year-olds it would take? It would take one, one, because Derrick Henry would let the five-year-old tackle him. Because Derrick oh. Henry isn't running over any five-year-olds. This is a stupid question. All right, a hundred five-year-olds. They can all jump on his back and bring him down. What a dumb question. I mean, just a dumb dumb question. I know I should play along with it. I get it. But sitting here trying to actually think of an actual number of five-year-olds that would actually bring down a man like Derrick Henry is one of the stupidest, stupidest and most futile, you know, exercises I think I've done in a while. So I got nothing for you. Charlotte, you go ahead and give him a better answer. No, I just think that there's not an amount of five-year-olds. I think you could send an (laughs) endless stream of five-year-olds at Derrick Henry, and he will make it through that 10-foot parameter that Rabel set out. There's no stopping this man if you still have, like, you know, rubbery arms and legs and you are two feet tall or however tall five-year-olds are. See, I think it's a big factor in it because they're too low for him to actually lower a shoulder into. You can only stiff arm one at a time. What I need is one of the people that maybe does like a mod for Call of Duty games where you have the zombies options where wave after wave of hordes of zombies come at you and you've got to mow them down. Just alter that so it's Derrick Henry having to face wave after wave of five-year-olds going at him, trying to basically just clog up his feet in the lane and see if they can get him tripped because, Dad, I disagree. I don't think you'd jump on his back. I think you would go right at his ankles and try and gnaw those off if I'm these five-year-olds. But, uh, Dad, I will save (laughs) you from this and instead get you to a much more plausible scenario here One put out there by Gwyneth Paltrow yesterday on her Instagram, who in conjunction with Airbnb, as they framed it to combat loneliness and all these things that have popped up since the pandemic, she is inviting one person to come and stay one night in her guest house with her at the house. Said they'll dine together. They'll go on one of her favorite hikes. You're going to get a bunch of her goop products in there. And so, uh, Dad, while I don't think uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be your answer, is there any celebrity that you would actually like to go hang out with in the guest house for a night? Yeah, it would not be her. That's for sure. Because um, didn't she didn't she into weird foods as well? I would not really probably like the. the I think she has a candle that's like orgasm scented too. So I don't know if that yeah. would be in the bathroom I mean, or not. It's all weird. I, I I it's the whole thing. Yeah. Listen, I just got to golf with him out at the Tahoe event. Ray Romano. Maybe I could hang out with him. You know, I had a good time oh. with him. 
And you know what? Your mother last night asked a great question. She said, because she said, don't be a, a, a goofball in front of him and ask him a lot of questions about everybody loves Raymond. But there is one question she said I should have asked and I should have is why they always drink ginger ale. If any if people don't know it, that's what they always drink out of the fridge. And I think that would have been a good question to ask. But I think I would have liked to hung out at his house. I got along with him very well, so I would dig that. All right. And you can that's drink just... some of the ginger ale in his fridge with him. There you go. Yep. I love thinking about you guys having a little sleepover. Um, I think ah. mine is the only correct answer. Sorry to everybody. Um, first of all, Gwyneth, I'll do this. Like, if we need someone to go hang out with her, also feels like a great way that Gwyneth Paltrow could get murdered. So I'm like, we got to have some guidelines here. Um, my answer would be unequivocally Martha Stewart. If you follow her on Instagram, you see she's constantly posting all the caviar she serves her guests, all the horseback rides she takes her guests on. She is the consummate host, as you might imagine. And um, I'm trying to get invited up to her main compound or her Westchester compound. Easy for me to get to both. Martha, if you're out there, I'm available. And you could learn how to make a prison shank. So everything gets done there. <laughs> I think there's only one answer. I want to go rock around with the mayor of Flavortown himself. I feel like me and Guy could cruise around in his drop top. There'd be great meals prepared. And I could probably get a wig full of frosted tips. If you got any of that out of this experience, hanging out <laughs> at our guest house, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check out Oddball with Charlotte Wilder and Amin Hassan. Thanks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Boom. Money in the bank. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.